Blog Talk Radio. Hmm. Welcome to the war room. We got Dev, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the Hot Block Commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show and get the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Vote with the topic, sort of like the rubber when it's game time, they like the bad five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine, sports veterans and great. The fourth and twenty-six saw the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table, five silly guys diversified and educated. Dirty Dame, everybody. Dirty Dame. What up, what's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports. On the War Room Sports Podcast, I'm one of your hosts, I'm Dev Mack, and I'm at the War Room Roundtable for the 699th time with my brothers. Yo, we got B. Austin in the building. We got Jimmy the Blueprint in the building. Um, Yo, again, man, just like we said last week, man, it's hard to believe that we are now down to our final two episodes of the mothership, of the flagship, of 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 the one, the greatest. Y'all know what it is, man. Um, tonight, though, you know, kind of a special episode since this is our show before the last show. Um, we're going to kind of dig into the crates, man. Since it's a sports show, I guess throwback jerseys, if you will. Y'all know how, you know, when sitcoms end, Somewhere during that last season, they always show a throwback show where they're throwing clips in from old shows, old funny clips. We're going to do that, man. Tonight, we're going to talk about some of our early episodes because, you know, when the world first debuted, for for at least a year, we were almost strictly topical. It wasn't just weekly sports and all the stories that happened that week. Like, it was strictly topical, but, you know, through a run of almost 700 shows, it's difficult to find those kind of topics for that long. But we had some great topics back Mm -hmm. in the day. So we're going to talk about some of them, uh, reminisce on what we remember about those conversations, and, you know, pretty see if our opinion has changed from whatever we might have said about that situation back then. So we're going to see how we feel about it now. So y'all know what it is, man. Episode 699 starts now. And of course, you can get in on the conversation yourself by signing in right now to the Bodyhood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. You can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls. If anybody's, you know, we threw this up kind of last minute, so it wasn't a lot of advertising for this show. But if you happen to be on with us, we're taking calls in about 30 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number, as it has been since September 9th, 2010, 3241000012. What up, fams? What's, 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 the, what's the drilly, Yo. man? We down for our last week. How is it? How what's is the feeling? Drill? Just touch down in Philly. <laughs> what, what, up, with me? what up, though? <laughs> Blueprint? Yo, end of an era coming up. I'm telling you. Oh, man. Yeah, it feels so crazy. And, and, and I just, I think, just, just so I can offer this disclaimer to the to the listeners, man, real quick, Dad, man. You hear us often joke, and we've said it enough times that it ain't really a joke, that we hate sports now. It's not that we hate sports. 
We'll always love sports. Kind of hate y'all. The world doesn't change, man. <laughs> the world doesn't change. My brother's in my head again. I was going to end it with we hate y'all. But it's like <laughs> you know, the, the things that we love about sports have changed. And some of that is us changing the different priorities in life. You know, remember when it was all about waking up in the morning, busting a grub, maybe roasting an L if that's, you know, was your vice figuring out whether you're going to get to class or not, and then looking forward to hooping and just going to the basketball court for two, three hours, then busting a mean grub after you hoop, then busting up some meat. I'm not going to say that on air. Their family <laughs> show. But that was our life. Our life was consumed with sports. Our life was consumed with hoops, with football, with, with, with watching sports, and now, not 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 so much. But in truth, the world the world changed, and the fans, you know, the fans' understanding of sports is less about competitive greatness and more about the content and the entertainment factor. And so, in truth, you know, we hate y'all. <laughs> you know what it is. So we leave. Kids, I get that off my chest, man. We leave. All right, we'll be back you got that off. Y'all know what it is. Before we do get started this evening, we just need to remind you that whether you're with us live or not, at any time on demand, you can still check out this show, archive episodes of this show, and all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network, either on our website at warroomsports.com or on one of the many major podcast listening platforms out there. So uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. You can hear our podcast, so uh, there's never an excuse to miss an episode of The War Room, or there's no excuse to go back into the archives yourself, dig into the crates yourself, and, and figure out what you miss or what you miss. Bars. Catch up. Uh, so uh, <laughs> check out Tissue of the Tape. Broad Street Line, Superstars, John Appetit on the couch with the Wilsons. You know what it is, man. And, you know, we're going to give all of our shout-outs and our thank-yous on uh, Thursday night in our last episode. But but everybody there, y'all know what it is, man. All love. All right, so uh, these hot topics, Digging in the Crates, is brought to you by my bookie, War Room Family. It's still time for you to place a bet with your boys in the war room. Still got a little bit of time left, so if you haven't checked out my bookie, place you a bet at mybookie.ag. Yo, when you win at mybookie.ag, there's no excuses given. You get your money fast, no hassle. They even have in-game live betting. So you can place wages after the game starts. So join now and my bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. All you do to get that promo is to use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, one word, that'll activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today, play, win, and get paid. That's all there is to it. So, yo, we going, you know, since we do this for, you know, y'all know who we do this for, we're going to take a, a trip down memory lane um, real quick. So, yo. Y'all remember, like, some of the, you know, when we first started, how we thought, like, every episode was going to have this grand <laughs> topic and whatever else 
talked about. We was going to get to the grand topic, and we were going to talk about that for a good portion of the show. And then we realized we're doing this every week for two hours back then, how difficult that was going to be to find one of those uh, – <laughs> One of those topics every week. Then we started doing part twos and part threes, like we was Nas and Magic or King's Disease. <laughs> but um, yo, one of our first big ones, Paul. This is very ironic. This is a very ironic when y'all hear what it is after I said Paul. Um, November eighteenth, twenty ten. The title of that show was Homosexuality in the locker room. Now, we did a part one and a part two to this one, too. In part one, we had a special guest. We had a former Playboy bunny, David Sullivan, on the air with us. Um, That's another thing. If you haven't been with us for a long time, yo, our guest list used to be crazy. We used to talk to anybody. Playboy bunnies, sports agents, singers, fashion designers, you name it. You know what I mean? Filmmakers. Myra, everybody. We 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 used to talk to everybody and get their opinion on some of these things. So, uh, Davida Sullivan was with us for part one, and then of course afterwards we met the homie Sid Ziegler uh, at an industry event, and we had to get the 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 founder of Out Sports on for homosexuality in the uh, locker room. First of all, I wouldn't want him on my team, and um, <laughs> yo, I think. In both of those episodes, Tim Hardaway's comments probably was played like 67 times. So so what do y'all remember about this conversation back then? And, like, what do y'all think about homosexuality in the locker room now? Because back then, this was pre uh, – damn, what's the homie name from uh, – that, that got drafted by the, the NFL dude? Yeah, and, that, uh, that bull, that bull. And pre the defensive the defensive end, he definitely wasn't a tight end. He was a D end. <laughs> yeah, so so this was before him. This was before the Collins Bars. twin uh came out. The Collins twin the thing is, the big deal back then was who was gonna be the first this, first NBA player, first NFL player. But the crazy part about it is the dudes who actually came out, like Collins Jason Collins. He was he even an NBA player at the time? He wasn't even on a squad at the no, time. No, he wasn't. He was, yeah, I think he, he might have got on a squad was. after that just because of the hype that this generated. And then you had to do Michael Sam in the NFL, who was supposed to be the first openly gay NFL player, but after getting drafted, so, you know, with, with hype from his college career, he didn't even make an NFL team. But this was a big deal, this was a big topic back then because we really didn't have Sure, we had a lot of gay dudes in locker rooms, but we didn't have openly gay dudes in locker rooms. So the whole conversation was based around how was it going to be when the first dude comes out and everybody knows. And do y'all think there's any difference now to what we thought back then? I mean, because we heard Tim Hardaway's comments a million times of how he wouldn't want him in the locker room. Um, even when this topic came up back then, a lot of people were saying the right things, and I don't know if we necessarily believed them. Twenty twenty three. Would this even register on the on the radar? Would this even be a thing in twenty twenty 
Yeah, I mean, it was it would it would still be a thing, but you know, obviously I, I don't know whether to say we've progressed or we've digressed or we've moved to the we definitely have moved to the right. We moved to the left. Um slide to the left. It, it, <laughs> I I still think that there are plenty of players that would be uncomfortable with, and, and I'm speaking of male male players, not so much with women. There, there's a different dynamic there. I think in, in men's sports, there are plenty that would be uncomfortable with an openly and out um, teammate who is potentially uh, lusting after loins in the locker room, but – People are in a position now where they're fearful of being canceled and fearful of the media machine turning on them. So in the name of so no one politically like correctness, Hardaway. yeah, yeah, no one's going to talk like Tim. No one's going to talk like B. Austin. No one's going to talk like we just they, they just going to put their head down and, and walk out or, or, you know, stutter and stammer. Um, instead of being themselves. And I, I feel, you know, I don't want to take hijack the topic, but I feel like in truth the question isn't really about who you sleep with because that's your right to sleep with whoever it is is consenting to sleeping with you. Cool. It's the promotion of the lifestyle and the promotion of sexuality and it's getting younger and younger, and it's tying and attaching itself to damn near everything. And I think that's that's the difference in 2023 is we have now shamed people for even questioning it. Like, it ain't even about you necessarily not agreeing or agreeing with a person's lifestyle. It's if you decide to say, hey, that's a little much in this venue or in this forum, you're going to be – canceled or risk being canceled or shamed for even bringing it up. So a lot of people, because they need the attention of the world, they want to be on the good side of everyone. They'd rather not even address it or speak on it, whether they feel comfortable with it or not. So I think that's what you would kind of face in a locker room. You know, if I'm a, a, a running back for the Detroit Lions, you know, do I want um, – you know, a Leo the Lion in there, you know, in the shower with me? Probably not, but I'm not going to say nothing. I'm not going to say nothing. But, All right. but so isn't let that me, one let of me, the Let me tell you real fast, somewhere me, else with me. this, but I just, I just want to say um, I think it's much to do about nothing. Like, just reading data, 40% of these dudes probably are gay anyway. Like, so they already have these dudes in the shower with them. They spend time with them. It's just not – and, and I, I honestly believe that some of these dudes are openly, but, like, no one even makes a big deal about it. I mean, this this is where, like, I don't think it's that big of a deal at this point in 2023 because, I mean, let's look at the data. It's it's especially on a football team, dog. It's like what? How many people on a football team? Um, what well, NFL is like 50 something, 50 something. Yeah. Right? Uh, it even more than that in college. 60, 60, college, college yeah, is in the 80s. Something. College 80, got like 80 yeah. something dudes. So, Come so on, what man, you're saying like, is Kerry Kerry Rhodes Kerry Rhodes would be fine now. You wouldn't have to all I, all forcibly I, retire. All I'm saying is, this is the fact of the matter is, like, 
there have been players throughout the entire history of the NFL that were gay, that were in a locker room. So I just think we're in a different place now. And, I mean, yo, I'm, I'm on some stuff, man, 22. I don't care what nobody do with nothing. Y'all do whatever y'all want to do. I'm in my own world, so I don't care what nobody do. But, I, you know, to, to me, I think that we're just in a different time. We've progressed, um, you know, to a point where it's just completely different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but even though we're in 2023 and we say as much ado about nothing, they still announced in 2021 when the actual first openly gay player played in a regular season game, which was Carl Nassib for the Las Vegas Raiders. So it seems like as much as we want to just throw stuff to the side, you know, they're never just going to let it go without any kind of fanfare. I, I see. So, I mean, to juxtapose that, I mean, that's because representation does matter. It's the same reason why we still got the first black, whatever it may be, in 2023. We still get that, too. Yeah, that that's true. But do, do that be us? Or does it be them trying to pander to us? Oh, no. It be, no, no. It actually be us. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm legitimately asking the question, like, do that be us? Or, so, so, I saw people celebrate how I'm many little... black quarterbacks started the games on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and and that's what I'm saying. I don't even know who starts that kind of stuff these days because there's still a lot of pandering going on with all communities out here. So, like, who starts that and starts spreading that? I know we're going to spread it, but, um, yeah, that kind of stuff still, it makes me feel a uncomfortable sometimes because I'm like, we're not past the point where we're acting like we're surprised that this is happening. I mean, for me, some of this stuff, is kind of ridiculous that we're this far along in American history and we're still having first. That just show you how yeah, far yeah, it, back it, we are when we think I'm, that we've so far. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, well, it, 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 but, I think that society is almost a microcosm of 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 a of a living human being, like a a, a being, right? And what do we know about deep wounds and sores, right? If it just heals on the surface and you don't actually address it and cure um, the cause, and you're just treating symptoms, then that thing's going to resurface and probably kill you, right? So I don't feel as though in the United States of America the root cause of bigotry, racism, you know, and, and other forms of injustices towards other groups of people, I don't feel they've, it's ever truly been addressed. It's never truly been addressed to be cured. And, Jimmy, you pointed to something a few a few weeks back about what capitalism does to anything. So when you attach capitalism to it, even, you know, the plight of black people in this country, now you've got people that hustle activism, right? You have people that are active. I'm sure there's gay activist hustlers that are hustling the gay thing you know, as opposed to really fighting for their human rights, they just, they hustle them. So it's never truly been a a place or a time of healing. We just moved past it. And those who benefited from it, those groups that benefited from it, when they look back on it, they just want to skirt past it and ignore it, act like it's done and give you some symbols to make you feel good and keep it moving. So that's the American way. What's the American, the American way? way. And, and <laughs> All right, well, America, last point to this one. 
because a big point of contention with this whole conversation, even back then, was, you know, talking about homosexuality in the locker room. People always said something like, you know, just because they're showering with you and stuff, like, how do you just assume that somebody wants you? So um, a big portion of this conversation has always surrounded, has always, you know, been about vanity. <laughs> because everybody thinks because there's a gay dude in the locker room, the gay dude going to want you. Get over yourselves. Anyway, on September 30th, 2010, this was probably... Magic wanted to be. September 30th, this had to be like our third show. This had to be like show number three. We asked the question, is black protectionism and the racial divide in sports real? Now, black protectionism, was that a phrase that we coined? Yeah, we did. No. We made that shit and popular. Did it. No, a lot of people no, saying no, it no, after us. Yeah, I, I, we, so I we, think we we, we ran it in the ground, but but we didn't create it. Uh, actually, I think honestly, I think Janelle Hill was the first because she wrote it. She wrote about okay. it um, when okay. she used to be a, when well, she, she only a writer back in the day. Shout out to Jamel. Um, but we did used to use the term and talk about it a lot. Um, like you said, probably more than, you know, whoever said it first, because I know some people started to, you know, take what we said and, and, and started to use it. We started hearing some people. We ran it in the ground. <laughs> we definitely did. Now, thinking to that now, I mean, of course, black protectionism is real. Like, we've all been guilty of it. We're all still guilty of it because we're black. And we are pre, you know, we were programmed to defend, maybe sometimes overrate our own. I think we got into the conversation about it a lot back then because there were some of our people who kind of probably took it too far, like the the the, the Michael Vick is a NFL Hall of Famer type crowd. <laughs> like when you get to topics like that and we're just obviously saying stuff like, and you're thinking like, yo, what are what are people watching? Like, I know we want to defend our own, but I think the whole point of the conversations that we had, at least from my recollection and from my perspective, was how far do we want to go with our quote-unquote black protectionism, you know, in regards to our freaking honesty, dignity, and... <laughs> and whatever else when it comes to how we report and how we uh, come up with our opinions about what we're actually seeing in sports. What do y'all remember so about it? I, my, my opinion has kind of shifted from the first time we did the show just because at this point I feel like I'm okay with you going as far as you want to go as long as you are upfront about the fact, like B. often does it all the time. He'd be like, yo, um, you know, I I got a bias, but this is what it is. So I feel like, yo, so as long as, long as you, you know, disclaim your bias. Because I've said stuff before, like, yo, for political reasons, I feel this way. Like, I'm letting you know yeah, what it I, is. I don't, like, I don't, because I don't want it to be legitimized as a, I think there's arguments you can make from a place of, of objective, objectivity, or more importantly, fairness, Right. And I want people to know when my emotions or feelings are involved where I'm not really trying to be fair or objective, like, 
you know, when it comes to Sam Cassell, he's a Hall of Famer to me. I don't, I don't care what you say. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, Extraterrestrial protectionism. Yeah. I'm, I'm supposed to be mad at that. I got ET's back. We're supposed to get hit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's certain, there's certain things, and especially when we get into the racial conversation, like, there are times, and I think we do a great job of being objective and fair in our analysis of, of people, places, things, and circumstances. But there are times when, listen, we are pro-black, even if other black people don't think we're pro-black because we hold people accountable and we are fair and objective, we're pro-black. So I know when my bias is speaking on a particular topic, and I feel it's only fair and right to let that be known and offer that disclaimer. Do you think you look more like E.T. or Gollum? Am I supposed to get mad about that? Am I supposed to get mad about that? Sam, you are awesome. Thank you. Legend. Sam has always been awesome, man. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, there was a point because, you know, at least when we first uh, debuted, like, our brand, at least what I thought our brand was, like, we were going to tell things like it is, you know, no matter what the situation is. But but like Jimmy said, there's some things that kind of, I think along those lines, there's some topics that, I don't know, it kind of bring the pride to the surface. So certain things, like, because I remember we were objective about what Colin Kaepernick really was as a quarterback. But at the same time, when he was going through all of that, we were damn sure defending him. We were damn sure rooting for him to get what he wanted to get back in the league and all of that kind of stuff. We damn sure jumped up in the the, the whole, well, Colin Kaepernick's better than this guy and better than this guy going down the list of everybody who has a job. So, yeah, our bias did take over a little bit in that situation and those conversations. But at the same time, I don't think we ever, ever, sat up here and just lost all objectivity and tried to tell y'all that Colin Kaepernick was what some folks tried to tell you he was. Um, They led with, you know, he led a team to a Super Bowl. And then from there on, you know, you can say whatever you want because leading a team to the Super Bowl automatically makes you great in today's sports climate. But, yeah, that was that was an interesting time, and some interesting topics came up about that. Um, I remember some folks getting upset with some of those conversations, but I thought I think some of the people who got upset didn't even understand. I think they read a word, not really listen to the show, read a title, and then just make their own conclusions about it, and and they're upset, not knowing that. In 699 episodes, a lot of the titles I may I mean, we learned how to play the game as well. A lot of the titles that we came up with for our episodes was to get clicks. Like, it can say something that could lead you a certain way, and then when you actually listen to the show, like, we'll, we'll weed out who listened and who just read the title, basically, with most of our episodes. Well, we're, 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 we're also astute, I think, speaking for the three of us, we're also pretty astute debaters. You know, so we appreciate the art of argument and debate. So 
I can have a position, for example, there's a gentleman, salute to you, House. You supported us for a time. We appreciate you. Like, I, I recall there was a topic that he and I agreed upon, which was Michael Jordan being the GOAT. But there's no way I'm going to stand with him in any argument that he ever made because he had the brain of an emo and made the arguments of an emo. Like, I'm not going to agree. I'm not going to. And, and I've been in conversations with people like, I don't agree with you, but your argument is compelling. You're well, he no longer your believes logic, that. I yeah, I don't even agree on that anymore. So. Yeah. Yeah. He's I, a, I know. I know. He's he's a, a, he was one of the original he, Brown Huggers. So. <laughs> he's got so much LeBron spook in the bottom of his stomach. He's akin to Kim, little, little Kimberly. <laughs> a lot of nausea. A lot of nausea in his life. All right. So on December 9th, 2010, we did a show called Mo Money, Mo Problems, Athletes Blowing Money Fast. Um, just got to give a shout out because that episode featured Amani Damali, who is a DC fashion designer, or at least was a DC fashion designer back then when we interviewed her. Um, we didn't really talk to her about the actual topic, but just wanted to shout that out because she was the feature on that episode. Problems, athletes blowing money fast. Do y'all think we still have those same types of issues as we did back then? Because even back then, you know, I think the landscape of things was starting to change because a lot of the people and topics we brought up, you know, we were kind of digging in the crates at that time, just coming up with a lot of examples of, you know, what the topic was. But do y'all think the landscape has changed as far as athletes and their money now? Or are they still just as dumb um, today as they were yesterday? I think I think that um, it, from some standpoint, you, like, I mean, people blow money fast, right? So I think as Americans, most of us are terrible with money, right? So with mm. that being said, you'll always have a sect of athletes that are just terrible with their money. But I do think that the leagues themselves have done more to try to protect those athletes. I think the tipping point was that uh, ESPN 30 for 30. Like, that is something Which that kind was, of, you know. I believe the catalyst behind uh, why we had that discussion that day in 2010. Yeah, I think that kind of, like, shook mm-hmm. the culture when people can actually see and put faces to it. Everybody knows that athletes have went broke, but when they started Brandon's putting data – numbers and faces to it, it kind of like flips the culture. So as, as a response to that, Shut I remember the NBA, the NFL, you know, <laughs> NBA, NFL, and everything started putting symposiums and things together to protect their players before the league, the season even starts. So I think that has had an effect. Now you see athletes on the other side of that wanting to become angel investors and actually having conversations about branding. Some will say that they've went too far and it's gotten away of their game. I mean, that's debatable, but I do think that um, we're in a better place overall than we were when we did that show. I believe so too. And I think, you know, I definitely think the landscape has changed because you have more of, yeah, the money definitely is going up and, you know, you have these guys that's making more money be able to look back on the success stories like the Michael Jordans and, you know, people like that. And, and now everybody has become their own brand and, you know, you got social media that helps you with your brand. So as long as you do the right things and say the right things, you can keep that brand on track. Um, And I think your bread could last longer, man. A lot of folks 
once they leave the game now, even even if you're not a super duper megastar, a lot of folks, when you leave the game now, I think you leave the game in a better position, and I think you leave it more set up to be in a better position long term. And then let's not even get into the NIL because you don't even have to be professional these days to start your brand, um, literally to start earning income with your brand. Because uh, people like Johnny Manziel had a brand, but during his time, they still weren't allowed to legally capitalize off their brand. Now you can. So I think, you know, of course, like Jimmy says, never going to go away. It's always going to be one of these stories here or there. But I think overall, it's going to be much better. Like, forever. Yeah, I, got a question. I, don't, I don't know if y'all heard me laughing. Oh, good. No, this would be an amazing question if we still had an active Facebook page. But anyway, if we can go back in time, right, mm-hmm. and just say the NIL was around forever, who do you think in the history of sports would have the biggest NIL bag? Hmm. Mm. Will. <laughs> yeah, I thought of him too. Will mean? Um, you know, Will would have had to be his would have been like relative though. You would have had to, you would have had to, you know, adjust for inflation with Will. His name to be yeah, yo, Christian Leitner would have been up there. Leitner probably magic too though. Like, think about it. I was thinking about reading. I don't know. That's like good, but nobody his ass. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, I thought about Ring, right? But Ring was like, a, mm-hmm. uh, like an anti-social, angry dude. So as much success as he had in college, mm-hmm. he probably wouldn't have wanted the best. Magic was always smiling at the camera. <laughs> yeah. yeah, smiling at the camera, smiling at the bishop. Yo, Bird, I know Bird, wouldn't, heard you have, Bird wouldn't have earned any money because he was yeah, he was angry too. He didn't give a shit about he money. <laughs> he just wanted to hoop. He wanted to hoop and shoot the backy. I know but, um, Fab Five question. and IO, the Fab Five. I, I was just about to say the Fab Five as a fabulous five, and and Chris Webber most of, most of all. But because remember, they would always tell you how many Chris Webber jerseys were selling in the Michigan bookstore, and he wasn't getting a damn thing from it. But yeah, the Fabulous yeah, Five as a collective, yeah. and then Chris Webber as an individual, they would have ran the back. Yeah, up. Grant. Oh my God. Oh, Grant Hill. God. Grant Hill. Grant Hill, yes, sir. Yo, I know y'all heard me laughing a few minutes ago, and that was because I was thinking of Raheem Ishmael. Raheem Ishmael, uh, didn't he invest in? Didn't he invest in disposable couches <laughs> for floods or something like that? Yeah, I'll, inflatable, inflatable, inflatable couches. I don't know. It was somebody did. Somebody did inflatable furniture. Cause, y'all, cause they were saying, they were saying, like, they were saying, like, if Katrina, Katrina ever happened again, you could just float on your couch until help came. <laughs> yeah, they thought they would, you know, they thought they invented Facebook. <laughs> Run them couches. Uh, I want to see that presentation. All right, I got to check for you. That PowerPoint had to be crazy. I want to see that yeah, Mike Brown. Hey, Mike Brown coming in pictures. Oh man, yeah. Mike Brown is the PowerPoint god. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> really? Yeah, Grand Hill and I L Brown would have been crazy, yeah. 
was because people felt like he couldn't play quarterback. And a lot of that was based on race. And, and, you know, there's a lot of other things, too. But um, so, no, it's still a problem. Um, it doesn't seem to be as big as a problem now because it seems like more teams are willing to take a gamble early on. But to the article's point, you still have to be extraordinary. You know what, though? When you're but not for me, I don't even think the gambles, quote-unquote gambles that they're taking now is because, you know, they see us the way we thought they didn't see us. I just think the game has moved closer to what they didn't like about us. Now that the game is moving that way, now they're trusting us more. Even though I well, don't think that they're 100% right about that because some of these dudes can drop back and play quarterback. But they're not, you know, they're looking at the fact that, hey, we need a mobile quarterback now. Now they're out here looking for white boys that can run. We need this. We need that. The game has moved in a certain direction. So now they're trusting us to run the offense more because offenses are closer to high school and college offenses. So the crazy thing is the more we're supposed to be proud, the more I might take offense. Like, they're only doing this because the game's stupid now. So they think. It's funny because I watch Colorado play, and there are plays when Shador has a clear running lane, but he won't run. And I saw someone make a joke like, yo, Shador is the first black quarterback who uh, who's afraid to run, right? And, yo, I honestly think as I'm watching it, and maybe I'm just overanalyzing, I'm like, yo, he don't want to do that because he wants to show people at the next level he can still stay in the pocket and make the pass. Like, he's turning yeah, down yeah, opportunities yo, for clear, yo, yo, for clear I, yard I group situation. I, I think – I mean, I, in yo, way, it's, I there's totally no way I can agree. prove it, but I'm telling you what I'm thinking as I watch No, 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 listen. Just I think him. that is for as much – as much coon as much cooning as Dion does, he is a cerebral mind when it comes to football. And I could see him sitting his son down and having that conversation and telling him, Look, you know, you got my genes, you ain't me, you probably a four five, four six guy, but you're athletic. But we're not gonna base your game on your athleticism. We're gonna show him that you are accurate. We're gonna show him you can see, you can read, you can think the game. And that's our focus. I hundred percent think that's well maybe not a hundred percent i 90 percent think that's, that's it but as i'm watching it i'm like yo he oh, has the reluctance to run he has clear lanes where he can pick up 10 15 yards and he'll sit and keep going through his progression because you know and again it's just me speculating but i'm like yo part of that makes me feel like yo he's not trying to he's trying to show that i can be that pocket passer so you know but the um, conversation they've had about him Jim lends itself to your perspective because, you know, they had that whole argument last season about how well he did, but he didn't get any, you know, he didn't get any play from the Heisman committee and Dion was running around saying, you know what I'm saying, he should be considered for the Heisman as well. But they're thinking he's not playing against any competition. So he's going out here and showing them, you know, I can do the same thing against them and look like a professional you know, professional ready quarterback while doing it. So there probably is something in the back of his mind that's like, nah, I'm not going to take off and get my Lamar on. <laughs> I'm going to stand back here and get my Warren Moon on. So shout out to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the landscape, look, man, while we have 14 black quarterbacks, you know, starting the 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 NFL season, how many black coaches did we have? Like that's going backwards so mm-hmm. until until that position is filled y'all can ead with thinking 
<laughs> all of this stuff. Bill's, the Bills owner, the Bills owner just got put out there today with his comments. What? He hit us with the old cliche jump. He told us, "Yo, y'all don't like your hair? Go back to Africa." Yo, damn! <laughs> he hit us like that. Damn! I'm like, you can't even be original. You can't even be original with your plans at all. Like, you right? Know, with the cliche jump. <laughs> That's your plan. Damn. Not <laughs> ass, nigga. Man, uh, anyway. Man, I, re- I, I respect it. So this one, this one was, this one, the next one, this is a big one because this is something that still gets talked about every week in 2023. So, you know, y'all already know we before our time with a lot of this stuff. On January 20th, 2011, we did a show called Mental Health and Sports. You know, the mental health aspect of the games, the pressure, the expectations, um, the money, everything that can play a part in pretty much deteriorating uh, a, a professional athlete's, not even professional athlete, you know, any athlete's, mental health like a lot of people get into these sports as a kid strictly because of fun strictly because of love and then things turn into a job and then once things turn into a job it starts to do a number on your mental health uh we had a whole conversation about this but in the you know last few years these conversations have ramped up and i think the reason why is now people are more open about their mental health. I think people are open about their mental health to the to the uh, to the level now where some people are using mental health as an excuse. I think they're making a mockery of you know the whole topic of mental health. I I I, I do. I can't can't say point out people. I can't prove anything, but I really do think at this point. It's been so accepted because remember back in the day it was like oh man you you soft this and that now it's been so accepted and it's been so defended I actually think people who might not really be suffering from any serious mental health issues throw that out there because then yeah the criticism yeah, kind of dies down about you. we talking about you Ben Simmons the, the, the criticism dies hey, down yeah. telling them you got mental health issues these days. So, so what do y'all think is the difference between 2011 and 2023 with this mental health conversation? So for me, um, I have a different perspective on mental health in 2023 than even I had in 2011. Um, to your point, though, about people using it, I mean, that's, I guess that's equivalent to people like, yo, that's racist, like just using it. I mean, you know, I get it. But but the thing about the thing about mental health and the reason I say I have a different perspective is because I've come to learn honestly what mental health is right because let's take things such as um, PTSD or um, anxiety right growing up in the hood I I have that right but I never was able to understand that and my back in 2011 someone told me PTSD yeah understand that it was a thing. Right? I, yeah, I, I thought it was a soldier. Some of the things that I um are just I'm accustomed to mm-hmm. because of you know the environments that we grew up in. I'm now learning mm-hmm. that yo, that's not normal. Like, not normal. Like, not normal. <laughs> it's yeah. not normal. And yo, you really right. you really got PTSD and anxiety because you grew up in the hood. Like so, you 
you shouldn't have to walk outside and be looking around, like, you know, try, you know what I mean? Like, so for me, it's like, even I come to understand, like, well, damn, I got some shit I can work through, like, because I didn't understand that to be mental health. I just thought, like, yo, my, this is what it is. My wife can tell you, anytime we go to a restaurant um, or just, just anywhere, any kind of storefront, I never door? sit with my back to the door. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> cognizant of where I'm sitting while we're talking. Like, uh, people who don't know me might think that this thing ain't paying me no mind because I'm looking around while people are talking. And just like Jimmy said, until somebody points it out to you and then you start to think, like, damn, well, I do that, and then you know why. Like, well, I do it because of this. Mm-hmm. Until then, you don't realize, like, at this point, we pretty much all suffer from some type of mental health issues. It might well, yo, not, I get on my wife's nerves. Right. It might not manifest itself like, in, you know, we running around and shaking and going crazy and, you know, being like AB with, with CTE symptoms. But, you know, even in the happiest, most positive ways, like, yeah, I'm sitting this way because I want to be able to protect my family if such and such happened. But yeah, this world, bro, not even just because it's always been, Jim, stuff. about how we grew up, but now this world is so crazy. Like, somebody can just come in and light the place yeah. up for no reason. You know what I'm saying? So, so I get on my yeah, wife's nerves. Like, when I'm locking the door, I'll be like, yo, stand this way so I can see who's coming. Like, she'll be like, yo, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, yo, You're like, what's wrong with you? So I'm like, yo, it's just, it's just little Jeremy stuff, Jones though. Like, it's wrong with you? Yo, I'm like, it's just little stuff, but. But my point is, though, overall point is that I've come to learn that, yo, shit, I got my own issues. Like, so I think that it's amazing 100%. that people are having a conversation about it because it, it helped me to grow and understand that, yo, certain stuff is not normal. Certain stuff that you deal with isn't normal. Um, and also, you know, people process things differently. Yeah. Now, can it be used as a shield and excuse, like, you know, to be offensive with Ben Simmons' the show? The thing yeah, about it is, about as much thing. as I think he was trying to use it as an excuse, it's got to actually be something there. For him that behaves that way, you can't tell me it ain't something there, yo. I mean, first of all, the nigga wouldn't shoot. So it was definitely something yeah. else <laughs> going on with Bull. It's like, something there, dog. Like, yo, yo, go back to his rookie. Go back to his rookie summer. Yo, Ben Simmons was shooting jump shots all over the court. Real ball start and Bull like, no. I've seen him in uh But the thing is, he's one of those type of people who would have denied it, would have fought against it, but as soon as it comes to a point where, well, shit, I can use this to get out of town without, you know, as much criticism, let me go ahead and use this. So some people abuse it, even if it's really there, and then, then I, just, I still believe there's just some people that just, they just, ain't nothing wrong with you. <laughs> This is also a different conversation in 2023 than it would have been in 2020, right? Because we're also now living in the post-pandemic world. And I think yeah, everybody got the itch because of, because of the – yeah, I mean, yo, we all – You know, I feel sorry for though. I feel sorry for the kids who went through that. Because that's another yeah, thing, like – we talk about their generation, and most of the stuff we say about their generation is true, but there's a certain strength from, or at least a certain strength to be gained in their lifetime for what they had to go through, you know, over the past two or three years, 
you know, staying home mm-hmm. and working from, I mean, you know, doing school from home and all that kind of stuff, whole lives being a whole chunk of their childhood, just kind of being snatched from them. It's, it's going to be a certain strength derived from that, even though I think, you know, they're the, the, the mentally weak <laughs> generation. There's going to be something in there where I can get them props. For Man, these niggas are messy. Because yeah. um, yeah. think about it, I, love, I, love I mean, it might have been easier I for them to be. deal with because of how they are, though. Think about us. We were the outside kids. We didn't want to do nothing but be outside. Think about if we had to go through that. We'd all, we'd all probably jump off a bridge. <laughs> probably. Because <laughs> we wanted to go outside. I, I they really didn't give a shit, so, you know. Because in certain standpoints, I understand what people be like, man, they soft. But in certain standpoints, I look at them and I'm like, yo, they're courageous. We was pussy. Like, they challenge systems in a way that we never did. So I think that it's pluses and minuses. But, you know, everybody believes their generation is the greatest generation. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm, sometimes you'll see something or, or, or meet someone or whatever that makes you excited for the future because um, there's certain parts of the younger generation where they, they, they don't give a F and they, they challenge yeah, systems I mean, in a way that I I think it was some stuff about our generation that was hard, but I don't think we was the the, the greatest generation. I mean, you got to think back to the civil rights generation where, you know, it was 16-year-olds sitting in lunch counters getting their heads beat in. When I was 16, all I was thinking about this was true too. This hoops true and bucks. I wouldn't have been in nobody's lunch counter fighting for nobody else's rights. Oh, this, about to be, this is about to be a uh, – this ain't really a hot take. It's just really something that's going to folks. Most of the folks on the civil rights generation was supposed to, too. Like, yeah. There was a, there no, was a no. lot of them. No, no, Let no. me finish. Let me finish. Right. Yeah. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me, finish. Let me get this ball. Right. Because mm-hmm. there are a number of folks that have put their life on the line and died. You when you go back and read, like, the newspaper or you talk to old heads from back then, most of them – with cowards that didn't want to, they didn't want to march with, they didn't want to march with King, they didn't want to be around him. They actually were afraid of what he was doing because they thought it would just bring heat on them. Now, in retrospect, I'd be hearing folks like, "Yeah, I was there." Like you lying. Like everybody, it's almost like mm-hmm. the Tupac and Biggie story. How many people was about to get in the car? That's how the civil rights movement is. I was, I was that film. I was like, yeah. wasn't. Most of y'all was pussy. So but the like thing me, is, they're, they're, it was like but, me and the Million Man March. Those, I ain't go. Yeah. I was I, I, I actually did go shot the comment. I submit the comment in the million March. Anyway, but, yo, but, for, but for those that did stand tall on the civil rights movement, shout out to them because they are heroes and sheroes. Like they were they were those that did, but I think in retrospect it's almost like Muhammad, Muhammad Ali Shiro. Like yo, <laughs> Muhammad Ali dog, they people our folks like a lot of our folks hated on board. You would think now that everybody loved him for always, and that's just not hey. Hey, so, everybody, you know, they right? definitely do. Like they, they hate you, and then they, and then they love you. That's why I'm saying it's a lot of people who think to this, you know, this silly LeBron Jordan conversation. Everybody thinks, well, Jordan never had to deal with no criticism. I'm like, yo, either the people who were there who say that, y'all just got short memories. Just like you know, everybody running around. Ali is the greatest. I'm like, all right, what you? Your grandfather wasn't saying that, black or white. Your yeah, grandfather wasn't saying all that. <laughs> a lot of y'all, yeah, he doing too much. Listen to what them white folks say. Stop getting us in trouble. Like, come on. Yeah. But so I think, you want to be on the right side of history. So as that history starts 
unfold later in life and you start to see that with differences the now is heroic now, now, you know you want to act like you was down you, you, you change yeah, it's like, yeah, you it's change like, the like narrative mm. of your life and and yeah man it, it, but now in this generation even though they're hermits and uh psychopaths and all that they at least can record what's going on so it's all on the net baby you can't lie we got the pictures Shout out to shout out to Jerry Jones. We got the photos yeah. Anaka. About, we about, saw you. about our child about our childhood, I, I, I often sit and think like by the time I was twenty four years old, I think about how many people or how many people's funeral I went to at by the time I was twenty four. Like how many twenty right. four year olds had had passed away and and or didn't make it to 24 and I counted like 25 of my homies and I'm like yo I knew yo. then that this just wasn't this wasn't normal it wasn't natural it wasn't real you know what I'm saying or or, or growing up like I I felt embarrassed by the fact that I came from a two parent home because all my homies didn't and they got to do certain things that I didn't get to do and like. Yo, we 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 all have some effed up things that we have to deal with. No, from, I didn't realize. <laughs> I didn't realize that going to college, talking to certain folks, that yo, everybody don't know crackheads. Like I know crackheads personally. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Yeah. Yo, yeah. yo. I'm really going. I'm my, past the seven year. I'm past the seven year statute. Yo, I'm past the seven year statute. Crackhead. We can't. We can't Straight go up. to jail. We cannot. Yo, I didn't know anybody. By the time I got to college, I, I didn't realize there was nobody that hadn't sold krill. Like, okay, I tell everybody. <laughs> ah, yo. I'm like, what? You ain't sold no krill? What krill with you? What y'all? What y'all? Yo, yo, shout out to the crackheads. You should get beer for me and Ben. We used to legally drink it. Allegedly. <laughs> you, ain't never, you, ain't, you, ain't never, you ain't never gave a krill head a ball in the teeth for they whip for two days? Huh? You, yeah. ain't, you ain't even had to work. Yo, yo, <laughs> yeah. like, you ain't telling no girl, like, what y'all have food? What's wrong with y'all? But, um, <laughs> yeah, that shit ain't normal, cuz. Nah, but no, but seriously, normal. people don't understand the shit. Like, we joke about certain things, but, yo, know, for us to be men of a certain age in our 40s, like, phew, We're not supposed to feel like it's supposed to be one of those things like, you know, somebody want credit for, yo, I'm, I, I take care of my kids. Like you want credit for that? Like I tell somebody, I'm 46. They like, you want credit for being 46? Yeah, nigga, I'm from a certain area. Like got a lot of homies who didn't make it to 26, let alone 26. So I want some credit. (laughs) And I take care of my kids. Some credit, man. Uh, all right, so um, yeah, mental health will always be. It will always be a big deal. And shout out to Neil in the, in the chat room, man. Always bang with us. She always find us, Neil. even when we don't advertise the show. Um, mental health oh, and big, will always be a big issue in sports because. Man, just straight up the, the, the pressure from being him. Because a lot of these dudes come from a situation where they're him. So you got that pressure of being him for the rest of your life. You know what I'm saying? 
Because those memories of you being him never going nowhere. Shout out Lenny Cook. He was once him. And now yeah. you singing on the, on the couch. <laughs> like, <laughs> you let me love you. Yeah, he definitely was. All right, so uh, on April 7th, 2011, we did a show called Money Handshakes, the pimps and holes of college athletics. Now, I know know, the stuff that's gone down in the past couple of years has definitely changed the landscapes, the landscape of uh, who the pimps and who the holes are in college football and college sports, period. Um, and, you know, three letters, N-I-L, because back then, boosters reigned supreme because they were the ones who were giving you the money handshakes. They were the ones, you know, probably helping your decision along to go to a certain place because of how much money you could probably make on the side. Now they don't really have that, well, I'm not going to say they don't have that power. That power is slowly dying. It's slowly dwindling away because of NIL. Because truthfully, unless you're just a super duper greedy bull, what's the need to take money from any of these dudes these days? So they don't have to make your decisions for you. Y'all agree with that? Like, Y'all think their power is dying? First of all, I like the first thing. No, I think it's just gonna reach big money edge. R.I.P. Big Money Edge. Shout out to Ed. Second of all, the world is filled with pimps and hoes, and I'm just talking about those I know. And the fact <laughs> yeah, is, bars. Um, I think that God a lot of the boosters, if you if you look across like the NIL, the funniest thing is a lot of the boosters are just NIL is a way for them to get money. Eighty companies. I say they're the ones who run the companies. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we see like we see like the I saw after game one, he got to deal with like Mercedes and like a couple big companies. But most mm-hmm. players got like local chain deals and local car dealerships. That's like that's who the boosters were. Same bulls that were. Yeah. It is legal. No, I definitely, I, I definitely. Uh, that's that's definitely a great point. That's definitely a great point. Um, for the boosters who actually have, you know, great legitimate businesses that they can throw up in the NIL game. Um, Pretty sure some of them just got bread that they might not be able to, you know, if you own some kind of scientific company or something, I'm pretty sure the owner can't sign Caleb. I thought about trying to get a, get a local dude to do an NIL deal for, for, for for one of our companies. I was like, I just want to see how to be beneficial, but I was going to do it just to say I did it. (laughs) <laughs> hey, hey, do it Remember, we've been trying to get A War Room Sports bowl game To the college football slate for a minute So man, if you feel like you need to give An NIL deal for one of your companies Man, go ahead and try it yeah, Sky's the limit. An NIL deal, yo. Don't limit Sky's yourself NIL deal. Just to create content around the fact that Yo, I did an NIL deal Like, you know what I mean? Content. <laughs> yeah content. So, yeah, um, this is something else from 2011 to now where I think some things have changed, but Jimmy just made a great point that a lot of the money handshake dudes, they just now are allowed to give you, you know, checks. <laughs> they ain't got to be a money handshake no more. They can actually give you a direct deposit. Yeah. Um, and it's and 100% the legal. Now. 
Right. Hit him with the wire. So, uh, so, so shout out to that. But the same, you know, at the on the same time, there's also bigger corporations involved. So, to my point of their power dwindling, like there's still a bigger a, yeah, there's still a there's still an aspect of their power dwindling because, like Jimmy said, there's bigger pimps out there. Like you see Caleb Williams in Wendy's commercials. So if I can get a deal oh, from a Caleb national Williams chain like Wendy's, crazy. My man like stock the pepper deal. Right. If I, if I can get a national chain like Wendy's and Coke and Dr Pepper and all that kind of stuff, like Yo, this dude with the car dealership this, dude, is trying to give me thousands. Class? Like he can't make my decisions for me no more. Like dog, come on, you you can't compete. Yeah. So. Yo, but the crazy part though, Dad, is what these dudes is on. They taking the small car dealerships and they taking Wendy's. Like these dudes is running the back to the moon. Oh, yo, yeah. and, oh, and what they and what they doing is. Yo, not only can you not run me, the NFL can't even run me no more. I'm going to chill over here and get this chicken. Yeah, we're going to see more four-year uh, college football players than we've class? ever seen in our lives. Be awesome. There's no way they go to class. Like, I was looking at the dude from Florida State. He's like in the sixth or seventh year. It's like, yo, they have graduate. They got graduate students now playing ball. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a sham, yo. It's a sham. The sad part is, right, they still don't really have everything figured out. So I was like, the, the U.S. Open had just passed. There was a chick who played in the U.S. Open. Maybe I should use that term. I don't know if I can even say that in 2023, but she played in the U.S. There, Open. She, there um, was a broad. She played, she played, <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there was a, a floozy, right? So she played for North Carolina um, <laughs> in, uh, in college, right? But she played in the U.S. Open. They said she earned 81 grand. Now, but she had to tell them to keep the money because if she took the check, she wouldn't be considered um, a student athlete. She couldn't go back and play for the school. But even though she earned the money, she literally earned the money because, you know, where she plays in the U.S. Open. So some, they were saying that now if the U.S. Damn. Open was willing to say, hey, it's for an appearance, they could give her the money, but they couldn't give it Damn. to her as an earning. I'm like, that's so BS. So the so the, like, so so the skeezer to told her to, to to keep the check because I got. So damn. she had to she had to basically say yeah. <laughs> the trollop was like yo, because I still want to play in college. Damn man, that's, that's that's heavy man. That's like that's a lot to weigh on a hoochie's head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yo, yeah, it definitely made it hard for the scallywag. Yo. <laughs> That yo yo that yo that skeezer that skeezer told them boys to hold that check. <laughs> yo, what's wrong with hip hop, man? What's wrong with hip hop, man? What's what's a skeezer, man? And what's a hoochie? Yo, two, I've been listening to Pac a lot lately, and Pac said hoochie a whole lot, man. Yo, he jumped on California. Yeah, Island, but as soon as I step on the scene, I'm seeing hoochie scream. Why well, they got me hoochies, pop? What's a hoochie? No, man? dog. I was the thing about I hoochie though, it don't it. even sound that bad. But come Yo, on. Yo, I was listening to the jizzer the other day, and I I was in the car and I just died laughing. My man said he said something that's feminine like sandals. I said, damn, sandals are feminine, dog. <laughs> 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 Hip-hop. Yo, yo, Jenna said he can't wear sandals, dog. He's coming in like sandals. We, we can't, I, can't, I, I don't know. Sand, the words sound crazy. I got, you know. Yo, listen. I got to it, it was, I got in, to in the like, song, Liquid. Like, you can't even call my, the, my slides 
You see how we calling them slides now? We don't even call them flip flops because they mm-hmm. really flip flops. Like, but dude can't. Yo, it's in the, it's actually in the song. It's in the song. Liquid Swords. He says it, yo. Yeah. No, I, I, I remember. I know the bar. You remember? I was listening to DJs <laughs> like two weeks ago when yeah, I was out of town. <laughs> yo. She was Sandals. listening to Jizz. Sandals definitely a hoochie shoe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, like, I like two more left, man. This and these two, I don't know. It, it was a lot of hyperbole in these two titles, and they were just the same. Um, on June fourteenth, twenty twelve, we did an episode, and this was like episode ninety seven, called "The Death of Boxing." Now I remember there was a strong sentiment during these, you know, during our early years, and definitely was led by Jim because he was a big MMA. MMA fan at the time that boxing was indeed dying and MMA uh, UFC all that kind of stuff was going to take over and be the premier combat sport in 2023 do y'all think we're there do you think boxing has had a revival of sorts or did it stay status quo because there was a time I think we did this show because it was getting increasingly increasingly frustrating to watch boxing. I think the week of this show, Timothy Bradley had just gotten – ain't that his name, Timothy Bradley? Whatever his name. He had just gotten a yeah. real controversial decision over Manny Pacquiao. And we weren't, you know, nobody yeah. cared about defending Manny Pacquiao, but it was so egregious that we're like, here we go again. Like, boxing is trash right now. Um, has it I saved itself? I don't know if it's stated, so I still I still think it struggles from getting the matches everybody wants to see made. Right, MMA is making more than ever because they they're they're basically associated with ESPN now. So ESPN is kind of like um, you know, came in and uh partnered partnered with the uh, UFC to take that to whatever level it's at. But the one thing that um I think at the time <laughs> that we were having that conversation, I didn't realize, and I realize now is. Yo, no matter what the combat sport is, people are always going to want to pay to see people try to hurt each other. <laughs> so mm-hmm. because of that, I don't think boxing can ever die because oh, – Look yo, how many views Kimbo's slice got it. rumbling in the backyard. No, no. <laughs> yo, rest in peace to the Kimbo, man. So, yeah, rest in power to Kimbo, but I, 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 think I, I think I underestimated, I underestimated how much we love combat sports in general. So boxing can never die because – as long as dudes are willing to put the gloves on and try to hurt each other, we're going to check it out. And if they can talk trash and make us want to tune in, we're going to mm-hmm. check it out even more. And mm-hmm. this country is racist, so if there's a race angle that can be played, you know. <laughs> I mean, look at the oh, most yeah. popular, that's the, that's the most popular story and the most popular video of the last three months was people rumbling on a dock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People rumbling, yeah. people interested. I thought it was uh, Adam Twenty Two and Lena the Plug and my man Jason Love was the most popular video. But yeah, oh yeah, they gotta see all the videos y'all making. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> Boy, cream pot is white for cream. Yeah, why your wife gonna oh, yeah. get cream pot by another dude? Though? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my man, Papa <laughs> Of course, since that time, you know, we've had some big bouts. 
But I never really thought that was the actual problem in boxing. But like Jimmy said, we probably don't get as much as of those that we would, you know, possibly want. If you look at other combat sports, even the ones that are scripted, you look at, you know, WWE. What is it now? E? I was about to say F. If you look at WWE, um, you know, because I've tried to get into that in the within the last two years. They get wow. the matches that people want to see. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's not a lot of if ands, or buts around that kind of stuff. They because they're all about those ratings. But at the same time, they can control those joints. Like boxing is a little different because dudes can be like, you know, they nah, control those like, joints too. Yeah, I'm, I'm not like really ready for that smoke yet. <laughs> I mean, they can say that in all kinds of other ways and excuses, but what they're really saying is, I ain't ready for that smoke yet. Um. And you don't seem to have that for at least not by my knowledge. It seems like most of the time there's a UFC event going on. It's a big ass fight, and and they do numbers. Um, so you know that's what people want to see, man. Like people love combat sports, like you gentlemen alluded to earlier. But you also like to see big names. You like to see the more known people going at it. Like even in the NBA, like if there was an NBA fight. Like an NBA mm-hmm. fight, you ain't really trying to see, you know, two bench warmers getting it in. Like, <laughs> I'm going to see Bron and, and KD rumble. <laughs> like, be mm-hmm. mad at each other. Go rumble. So, yeah. So, I, I you know, there's one of them things. You got to say certain things a certain way to get your point across. I don't think we ever thought boxing was actually dead or just, you know, on life support. But, you know, it was dying. You know, just like sports talk. Shout out to Thursday's title. Um, the last one, March 21st, 2013, same type of title. But this one was the death of the NFL. But the death of the NFL was in quotes because our guest that day, uh, sports super agent Lee Steinberg, who was the inspiration behind the movie Jerry Maguire, he had a series of articles that he had written for Forbes magazine called The Death of, Death of the NFL. So the reason our title was that was because, you know, during that interview, we had to ask him what he meant, what was his perspective, why did he think the, you know, the NFL was dying. And, I, and if I recall, because I didn't go back and listen to the episode in preparation for this, but I recall it had a lot to do with rule changes. Um, I think it had a lot to do with the CTE scare, uh, stuff like that. And for a while, yeah. the kind of publicity the NFL was getting, I know for a fact that we spoke about, man, the NFL might be gone in 20 years or it might be drastically changed. And I really thought it was going that way myself. But then, you know, that money machine will make you forget about something quick, fast, and in a hurry. NFL ain't going away. Here's what I will say. Here's what I will <laughs> NFL say. NFL ain't going away. And shout out to Lee. And, you know, he probably was hitting the bottle when he wrote that because he's known to hit the bottle. But anyway. Um, yeah. The thing, the thing about it is, I mean, we didn't talk about that on that episode, this, but, yeah. He was, he was off the sauce. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> Oh, so, yeah. so what I will, what I will say is this, right? And I any any sort of data analysis on this. But what I will say is, take that for data. The thing about the thing about NFL is like, and you look at 
NFL is like one of the last places where you have guys that come from poverty can actually make it something of themselves, right? You have, I mean, yo, just look at Florida. Look at certain parts Cause, of Florida. Because the, the NBA ain't it. NBA bunch of rich kids now. Yo, yeah, the NBA now, like, because if you have money, you don't want your kids to play football, right? So right. if you look at the NBA, the NBA is becoming like an uppity league, dog. There's so many second generation. Right. And I'm not even talking about the NBA. Just, just the NBA you getting players. your kid a getting your kid a trainer learning seven combo moves. Look, no, I'm not even seven trying to move combos. This is gonna sound this is gonna sound disrespectful, yo. But look at the, yo, this is wrong. Look at the NFL draft and NBA draft, right? And just look at how many two family households <laughs> there are drafted. I need mean, everybody right? look how many daddies <laughs> at the NBA draft. Yo, and I'm not even trying. Yeah. I'm not even trying to be funny. But, like, yo, it's like dudes in the NBA, like, yeah, my pop's an engineer. My pop's a judge. Like, my pop, you know, a four-time all-star. Like, or just the NBA my pop is home. <laughs> my pop is here. Yo, yo, yeah, like the NBA is like, yo, you got to have a couple of hours to make it to the league now. The NFL, yeah. you still got dudes that come from pop. My man Dion said straight, my man Dion straight said, I need my D lineman to come from a single mom home. Got to be a mom. Got to be a little rowdy. Yeah, <laughs> we would have destroyed yeah. a white dude for saying that. Hey, but no, yeah, like Jim said, though, man. <clears throat> shout out to the homie uh, Lee. That was a very he, we had a very good talk. I mean, we had a we. I don't know. People came on the war room and they just let loose, man. Uh, but but we had a Yo, real who's good. Your, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite guest out of out of the, out of the seven hundred episodes we're gonna have put uh, put this historic work in? Who's your favorite guest? Ronnie Brewer. Psych. No, he was trash. Um, <laughs> He was, I, 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 know, I know who the most. I know who the most. I know who the most memorable one is. Who is the most memorable? It's the episode Dev Hate. The episode Dev Hate. Sunny. <laughs> we were Yo, getting Sunny Hill. We was getting Sunny. Yo, people love that episode. Yo, that episode is I've everywhere, man. I keep hearing Wilt Yo. documentaries with our podcast in it. We a part Yo, of history. I've heard man. people. Wow. On, Yo, I've had people. I've had people on the street. Say something to me about that episode, like that's so like. Yo, you know how many people run around talk about no human being can do that. <laughs> do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Man. So, but what's uh, y'all think? Dev was about to rumble, about to invite. He was about to invite old man Sonny to the hand. Peter yeah, he was King about to invite him to the front. Peter thing. King was a real good interview. Peter King was cool. Um, Lee yeah, Steinberg yeah, was definitely was cool. I, you know, I. The bull, Jeff Perlman. Shout out to him because um, we yeah. brought him on when he wrote the book that is the catalyst behind the the critically acclaimed show. I don't even know if it's critically acclaimed. I know we like it, so it's critically acclaimed. Um, <laughs> we critic, show right? about the so Lakers on, on HBO Max. Winning time, man. Um, that was a good one because he – dude is he's, – he's nice and candid. Like he opens up. He says, you know, he won't be trying to sugarcoat stuff. But but like I said, I think that was an effect that we had on people. Like people got on the show and became comfortable. Remember, we used to talk to people before Yo, the Elton show, Brand. telling them how Yo, it was going to be. Brand wanted, <clears throat> Elton Brand wanted to come back and be a regular. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but like we used to talk to folks and be like, yeah, it was, you know, our professional before the show. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, 15 minutes and or 10 minutes and because most of them we said it was going to be 10 minutes and then we get on and they start talking more than us and we can't get the guests 
off of the show. Like, that happened to us so yeah. many times. I think we just, you know, they came on like, yo, this ain't no regular, you know, stiff, corny conversation. Like, I like these dudes. This is like a real barbershop I like, um, conversation. I think Jamel and Mike were dope. I think they were dope. Um, yeah, yeah. Elton, yo, Malik Rose was Your dope. man was dope, That's even though one. he, you know, he stole all your jokes every time he came on. Oh, yeah. Went on TV with your jokes. Yeah. But he Rob, was, Rob, Rob he was cool. Rob Parker, shout out to him. Um, Yo, shout to Malik Rose. He came on too, and um, shout to him for the oh, out of my family. I thought you were Rose. talking about when you said that. And I was like, Man, you must be talking about Malik. Yo, Malik came on talking about playing Rose. PlayStation with us. Yo, yo, shout to Malik Rose for also. Yo, he also got kicked out of our fantasy basketball league because he used to snap because he would get he would get cooked by dudes that didn't play in the league. So shout to him for that. <laughs> yo, uh, yo, hey, hey, Malik, my dude. Hey, we get our, yo, yo, ask Miz, ask Miz in our group chat. Mystery booted him out the league. Miz kicked him out the league. <laughs> that's either here Yo, Malik, there, he could get, uh, yeah, he, yo, he was, Malik was a little annoying in the Madden league. Like, he was annoying. He was Yo, you annoying. rich. Because wasn't he still in the league or was he just retired? Yo, he was still, we, he was still in the league and he was, he was also a, right. a coach in a, a, a manager. He was general so manager. They so they used to be involved in the league. That's what I figured because they used to just be like traveling. He'll get to a city and got all his time on his hands. So, you know, niggas had jobs. And he used to hit me like, yo, you ready for this, for this game? Like if it was our turn on the schedule to play Madden, like he kept sweating me. I'm like, yo, cuz, like, I'm not rich. I got a job. Like, I ain't, you know, I, I ain't ready yet. Hit me back in an hour. Yo, you ready? I'm like, come on. You ready yet? Yeah. Well, yo, yeah. definitely yeah. Uh, shout out to Lee Steinberg for the death of the NFL. And shout out to him also for coming on our show, Candid. Like, these little kids is on everything. Sir, <laughs> thank you. Cigarette weed. Hennessy. Vodka. I'm on everything. I'm on everything. I'm on everything. I'm on everything. He said the ball was on the bottom. Yo, that's deep. <laughs> Yo, so, yeah. Um, the death of the NFL. I'm going to go back and look at that. Remember, that's a um, a series that he did in Forbes magazine. It was either late 2012 or early 2013. I'm going to go back and read some of them. You know, just for old times' sake, to see what the hell. Y'all remember them days though, when we really used to prepare. I mean, B. Austin never prepared. He, he I'm sure yeah, he didn't read that from his book. He just, yeah, he would come on. And, he would just come on and just ask got, questions that we ain't even had prepared. <laughs> yo, didn't read the book. Austin, he made it through the whole journey. The movie. He made it through the whole journey without preparing one time. Yo, shout out to B. Austin. That's legendary work right there. Yo, he's freestyle. Yo, he's freestyle. Yo, he's freestyle. Yo, for nothing. And B. Austin to bring up yo, the topic that we're gonna talk about last first. Like, yo, did y'all see that? Yo, yo did you yo, read the outline, dude? Austin, <laughs> Austin freestyle for fifteen years. Yo, yo he like, yo. he like, yo, he like super net. He like yo, super net. He never did, wrote a bar now. He did six hundred ninety nine Seinfeld episodes. Show about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yo, man, one but then when it came booth, to I didn't write it down. speaking, speaking your mind about you know on on. You know, generals joints. What was they called it? We need to get back to that. General too, thoughts. Since, you know, general thoughts. Yeah, general be thoughts. awesome. He was a general thoughts king. Like, he'd get on and, and yo, tell and, you if he, and, if he, and if he don't know what we're talking about, he'd be like, yo, the cover two. Right? He started explaining the cover two. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, break down the cover two, brother. 
No, I've never heard <laughs> nobody break down the cover two as thoroughly. It'd be awesome. That's always the go-to. My favorite. favorite hey, listen, man, I'm still, I'm, st- I'm still gonna use our IG platform to, uh, to, to get off these bars. Go, young lady. Yeah, it's not. It's, I mean, truth, truth, truth be told, for everybody that's listening, I think the fact that you won't hear us on Thursday nights, it's probably gonna mean that you're gonna hear and see us more on the platforms that we used to be on. But we just, you know, everything got a little overwhelming. I, we ain't had time for that shit. Like, we had to prepare for this off, every uh, single week. Cutting off block talk. Block talk right. suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Andy, you know a bitch. <laughs> Yo, we might, we might go too far tonight and might not be able to get off our last episode. They'd be like, oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Neil in the chat room. She said it really can. <laughs> Ew. Oh, no, you know, yeah. Alright, man. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm gonna be on I'm doing these IG lives, man, and, and Facebook lives, man. We're gonna, you know, still get these woven bars off. It's in a different way. Yeah, 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 man. Jimmy's gonna try and get us off blog talk for five years. Yo, maybe seven. I've been down, but we never you know what I mean? We was like, all right, well we gotta wow. do a practice run. On his other platform, and then we never did. <laughs> hey, listen, man. We we got yeah. listen. We got socials, man. So we still got Facebook. We got IG. You know what I'm saying? We can just drop. You know, let Zuck get all the content. We still got a YouTube got channel too. So. Yeah. We still got a website. You know, that Joe might have stuff on it, it like and, and stuff might have stuff on it that's like three years behind. <laughs> Chalk that up to PJ. I'll be trying to remind him. But yo, PJ, we need to change that. My yo, man. man. <laughs> but, uh, yo, it's been a journey. Um, and we're going to talk about all of this on Thursday. We're going to give all our shout-outs, all our thank yous and all that. But, yo, yeah, it's definitely yeah, been a journey, yo. man. been a journey. We do Smash fans. Hey, I got to listen. When I finish right now, I got to listen to the first five minutes of the first show. Because what the hell did we use for an intro? Yo, I have no idea, but I know that joke was like bad. All we did was laugh and pause each other for like the first episode. First episode, yo, the first, we had, like five I think we, so bad. I think we had our intro from Dane by like episode two or three. So what, what the hell did we use yeah. for the first? Now we didn't have an yo. outro for a long time. We used to just bang hip hop. I think we just came on outro. talking, yo. We just, and as a matter of fact, on. I don't even think we, we just came pausing. on. We was going full. We just going full at H. <laughs> Let, let me see, because I, I, cause I, I, I can listen to it in the headphones right now. But, yeah, while I'm looking yeah, for that, I know that you know, y'all got any it's gonna be difficult you know, to listen to, shots yeah. for the people before the next. Yeah, no, that that joint was great. I mean, it was, it was fun as hell, because I remember, like I said, I was up in New York when it happened. Um, and then I was on my way back, you know, listening to it. And I, I, because we took the train up there, and I think we took like the mega bus back. That was the last time I was on a bus, 2010. And um, people was looking at me like I was crazy because I was listening to the gentleman on my headphones, and I was yeah. dying. I think the funniest night, the funniest night wasn't the first night. It might have been like night five or six when Kill Cousin called up like, "Yo, this what y'all do? This what y'all yo, do? I think this I what y'all do? That. I laughed at that. Yo, I laughed at that for like six weeks, yo. This what y'all do? I'm still, yo. I'm still laughing at that. <laughs> that was hilarious. He called in on everything. 
yo, yo, what happened? Austin, Austin, young boy used to call up all the time. I want to tell us about Myra. Myra, man, we gotta give him. That's right, yo. Who was yo, your name, Start making the list, man. Jay, that was the homie gonna Jay. Be, the Puerto like, we're not going to be able to remember everybody, so we definitely got to make a list for Thursday. Yeah, so we don't forget people. Wherever Jay at, Shout bro. out. Yo, yeah, just in case we do Jay at, on Thursday, man. So. Shout out. Wherever Jay at, yo. Shout out, We started off with uh, Brian Dawkins. Okay. Mm. You know what? That might mean the last Legend. thing y'all hear might have to be B-Dog on Thursday night. Yeah. Glad I looked got, that up. Got dog. God dog it. Uh, first thing y'all heard was B-Dog. Ain't no goddamn tomorrow. All right. So, no, you didn't know, say goddamn. Because you would never say that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, beat up. Yo, shout to all the war room groupies, yo. Inbox still open, yo. He's like, give me everything you doggone got. <laughs> all right, man. So, look, it has been a, a ride. Y'all niggas better not be on the air crying on Thursday. Uh, we old. We soft now. Bitch ass nigga. Oh no, I'm letting but, uh, it's the last show. I'm letting anything fly. I'm about to sound like B Austin on Thursday. I'm, I'm cussing everybody out. <laughs> you floozy slower. Who's next? I'm like, you can get rugged, tough, hard like P. Try to play my man, hey, but you yo. can't touch P, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody. Yeah. We let me, we let me right. go. Yo, Thursday, yo. Full clip. Yeah. So y'all know what it is, man. We want to thank everybody for joining us for another briefing in the war room where we basically just dug in the crates. You know, hit y'all with some throwbacks, man. Crates. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to Neil holding down the chat room, man. Shout out to everybody on Facebook, Neil. Twitter, IG, group chat. Yeah. Uh, everybody, man. Everybody who's been, everybody who's ever took the time to listen, everybody who's ever took the time to comment on any of our social medias. All that, man. We we appreciate it because we really do think, you know, we we started this as a labor of love, and we really do think we made a mark in this world. Like, there's people who don't know us from a can of paint who's, you know, we've been in other cities, and people will come say something to us. Remember somebody said something to Jimmy. He was, like, in Mall of America. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got, uh, yeah, like. Yeah, you know, it's, it's amazing yeah. like, when you realize, and then we look at the actual demo and the data and all that kind of stuff, and there's people in Africa listening to the show and all that, like, um, yo, shout out to him. Shout out to the, shout to the bull, we actually shout had. Out to the crews who, who, who love us, but yeah. call us Warhouse, because they don't know how to say War Room. Warhouse. Warhouse. Yeah, yeah. Every time we saw us on the boat, Warhouse. Like, yo, what the hell is Warhouse? My name is Warhouse, yo. And also, and also, shout out to Big, shout to Big Nita from the cruise. You know what I'm saying? Who, who, you know what I mean? Yeah. Dancing the breakout, but you know, Big Nita, body that, body that karaoke. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, but we appreciate it, man. Thank y'all. Shout out but to Mo, yo. Shout out to Mo on the cruise, yo. <laughs> tune, tune in, tune in Thursday, man. We're down to our very last episode, man. So tune in. On Thursday, try to catch it. <clears throat> excuse me, try to catch us live if you can. Uh, we're gonna advertise this one a little bit, so you know, hopefully, y'all will see it out there. 
but but try to try to tune in live because it'll probably be wild. Um, so the finale yeah. live right here. But if you can't, you can catch it on demand. But uh, I don't even know if we're gonna catch you up on all the sports and entertainment stories of the week. It's probably one we're gonna have to talk about. One we can't get out get out of here without mentioning. But uh, yo, again, we're gonna bid you adieu after 13 years of putting our heart in this shit. Until then, man. Also, re- rest in peace to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> rest in peace. That's, that's the one I said we probably not going to be able to get away with. We're going to have to say something about that. But, um, yo, in, enjoy that's these great. next couple days. Uh, we're going to see you right back here in a couple days. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook. We are gonna, I'm, I'm going to post some stuff this week, um, especially in preparation for this show. So, Facebook, Twitter. Go look at Twitter now. We might have our first post in like 16 years. Uh, IG, as well as our blogs, webcast, network podcast on warroomsports.com. Y'all know what it is. Also, pick up a copy of Jimmy's book, sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com or Amazon. So until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity and be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps. Today. It's been an honor, gentlemen. Yes, sir. Check a lot of our videos. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.